Praise the Lord. All right, so tonight um, I felt like the Lord, <laughs> um, you know, sometimes I wish the Lord would give me messages about, like, love, peace, <laughs> gifts, all of it, you know, the fun, lovey stuff. But I tend to get the surrender, altar, obedience <laughs> type of messages flying my way from Holy Spirit. So um, if you know me and you've heard me before, you know that I have a burning heart uh, to to, for obedience, to follow the will of the Lord and to know it. I I believe that there's a perfect will. It says in Romans that there is. There's a good and pleasing and perfect will. And he wants to be a part of your life. And he, just like any good father, wants to be involved in your decisions. And that's what he put on my heart tonight. The title of this message is called Making Decisions with God. And this is something um, in the past, I would say, year that I've had intense victory in. In the past, before, um, when I was going through school, sometimes in my prayer process, I would be tempted to believe, you know, or, or hesitant to bring something to prayer because I was afraid to get a no. Anybody else ever felt that way before? Okay, good. <laughs> I would be hesitant to bring something to my leaders because I was like, uh, I already know they're going to get a no. <laughs> and then I also struggled with, because I wasn't dumb enough not to bring it to my leaders. I brought it to my leaders but my obedience that followed the no was, God, why are you taking this from me? And I texted Pastor Jess yesterday, and I was like, say somebody gets a no from the Lord, and say that like they feel like God's taking something, which <laughs> was me. <laughs> and basically, I was like, what do you do in that case? And she's walked me through, and I was like, yes, that's what she did. When she prayed with me in a rhema, and she did the trauma prayer on disappointment, and I literally, the moment, whatever she did, from that point on, I have never again had that thought. So I'm coming to you tonight with that victory for you to grab onto. Because I struggled with that one. I always, I always wanted the will of God for my life. I really did. But my obedience was more out of like, I'm not dumb enough to disobey, but I'm going to dig my heels in the whole way. Yeah. And it was, it, there was that, um, the missing piece was my trust. I obeyed because I knew better. <laughs> but I did not trust in that obedience, which is not wholehearted obedience. 
So I want to, we're going to dive in tonight about making decisions with God. And one of the scriptures the Lord gave me is 1 Peter chapter 1 in the message, verse 17. And it says, your life is a journey that you must travel with a deep consciousness of God or awareness. So your life is a journey that you must travel with a deep awareness of God. So you're going along your life, and you have your dreams. And along that journey, moving forward and looking backward, where does God fit in? And I would encourage you tonight to, to open up your heart and invite God in to even the tiny things that don't apparently even seem big. Like, God, what should I wear? That's the level I'm talking about. Why? Because when we practice it at that level, even when it doesn't really matter, it becomes a habit and a lifestyle of inviting him into your journey, your process, your life, so that when you get to the tough decisions, it's a no-brainer, and you know he's come through for you every time before. Your trust is there, and you can proceed to invite him into the decisions of your life. Rest assured, as you go through your life with a deep awareness of him, he has full, full consciousness of you all the time. You are on his heart and mind. He never, ever takes his eye off of you. Psalm 139.7, where can I hide from your spirit? Where can I hide from your presence? I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. He lit, I, I, It may seem like Pastor Tina said on Sunday that we're hearing the same things over and over, but until you have that full awareness of him constantly gazing at you, <laughs> Try to sin with Jesus' face right there. <laughs> a constant, you cannot hide from him. He sees it. And, but it's love. It's love. It's not like he's like peering in and trying to peek on you and catch you. It's just total obsession with you. He can't get you off his heart and mind. He knows everything about you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. If you're Italian, that's a lot of hair. <laughs> He's drawing near tonight and letting you know that he sees you. And I believe tonight that there is an impartation of greater awareness of him in your, in your life, in your decisions, in little moments. God is a gentleman. He, like you've been talking about, in a covenant relationship. And as Pastor went through, like, the dating relationship scenario, where if I don't answer the first three texts, it would be weird for the guy to keep texting me. Not that Caleb ever did that. <laughs> but God is a gentleman. He's not going to force his way into your decision-making. You have to invite him in. The scripture said, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. 
when you are facing something, there's an active step on the part of humanity that says, I come in and draw in. I want your perspective. I want your will. And he's going to draw into you. And what? His sheep hear his voice. There is this posture that we take where we are eager to inquire of him. I can honestly say that in my life in the last year. It's like, God, like, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Left, right, up, down, sideways, spin around. What? <laughs> Inquiring of him. I do that to my earthly dad. I want, he's, he's wise. I want, like Tim was talking about wisdom. Wisdom that says, I know you know something. <laughs> and even though I can't see it, I know you know something. And craving, craving that inquiry of him. And being dedicated, like we, the first Peter scripture said, dedicated to that awareness of him. He has, and I hope tonight we can all say that he has our yes and our trust. There's that song, we say yes, yes, yes to your will and to your way. We say yes, 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 I will trust you and obey. Trust. That was the missing part of some, the, a gift that I believe God has literally put in me is, is a heart of obedience, but I was, I was not in the right frame of mind in my obedience. I was doing it almost out of performance. And to make sure, you know, that lightning bolts didn't hit me. <laughs> not out of that full heart of trust. And when you are in, the, in, the, in trust, <laughs> bringing decisions before him is so much easier than performance. If you've ever thought that God said to you, or I remember I would think, God, like, you can have all of this, but don't touch that. You know? Like, you can have all of this, but don't take away my practice. That's what I said for four years in school to him, being honest. I was like, ah, praying about it, praying about it, praying about it. Something wasn't right. I was like, God, I know you're going after my practice. <laughs> But let me tell you something. I gave up my having a full practice because Jesus said so. And now when I look back, I'm like, oh, no. That, that would not have been good. <laughs> my joy in this season of life where I'm at, where he's carved away and what he's brought in and what he's made room for and stuff that Caleb and my husband Caleb is doing and that he's allowed me to be a part of and space that he's made in my life for him and for serving. I'm telling you, the joy is complete. And when I look back at the thought of being in practice full time, 
it's, I'm, I don't want it. I don't want it. Yet that was the thing where I was like, God, you can take it all, but don't touch that one. Please, please. <laughs> and I honestly believe it wouldn't have been as agonizing for me if I had a full grasp on trust back then. That's the ticket when you're making decisions with God, is that full heart of trust. And my prayer tonight is that, again, not because of anything that I would say, but just the goodness of God in this area, the goodness and the kindness of God. Because this is not about God commanding you so that you're a robot and a little minion on earth. He actually has the full picture of you and what will make you happy. (laughs) As we surrender and make it all about him, he makes it all about us. And I honestly did not have a full perspective of this until my little niece, Olivia, I will give her anything. And she's not even my child. But, like, how much more is God, like, I want everything to be perfect for her. How much more is God the Father, like, oh, if they could only see that I have their dreams all all knit together, and it's in my spirit for them, and I'm ready to birth this for them on their behalf, if they will lean back and trust. Get your hands off the motor boat. We talked about this last time. Motor boat, sailboat. No, yes. We talked about last time that song that says, I let out the sails of my heart. God, take me. Because why? Because I trust that you, your ways are higher than my ways, that you see 10 years down the road when I can't. He's so good. When his spirit speaks to you, I just encourage you, tell tell yourself, with my whole heart, I agree. I agree. (laughs) If you're in a discussion with someone, that's a term, I agree. Agree with him. (laughs) aka partner with him sometimes to date my yes to God looks like celebrating and victory and yes and it's great and it's fun and sometimes to date there's some sloppy tears still that is a part of this thing but I can honestly say that those sloppy tears are more like just a little realignment rather than, you're taking something from me. Crave him when big decisions are near. Crave him when little decisions are near. Choose him while making decisions. And I believe that there's grace tonight again. What I have paid for in this area, I'm telling you, this, this was really tough for me to be a person that was leaning towards obedience, but without the trust thing. It made me very um, 
it did make me a bit robotic, you know? I was just kind of obeying God because it was the thing to do and because I wanted to perform right. And without the trust factor, that's what it becomes. But I believe that there's grace tonight for trust in this area. Because life is fun. This is, what does it say in the scriptures? For the joy set out before him, he endured. It's all about joy. 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 That's something that I'm believing for in my life. Joy. Not just content. Like my mom was saying to me the other day. Joy. Like laugh. <laughs> Laugh, like just uncontrollably start laughing with God. Uncontrollably, like having relationships and friendships where you're together and you're having fun. Just be fun. Joy, joy, joy. That's what this is about. It's the joy, the joy of your dreams, the joy beyond your wildest dreams. Beyond, there's joy that comes with wild dreams. And I'm telling you tonight, and I, I can't tell you actually, I'm just believing that Jesus is just dumping trust in the room so that you, you would feel, 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 feel that trust that he has you, that trust that he sees you, that trust that your dreams are wild, that trust that the little details you care about are going to be in that dream, that unending, unwavering trust in him. And then decisions with him are not a big deal. They're just, duh, your will. <laughs> He's the most brilliant and all-knowing friend you have. All of us have run to a friend when we're trying to make decisions. What do you think? What do you think? Especially if you're an external processor. Process with him. He's your most brilliant and all-knowing friend. He literally knows it all. He knows what it looks like. You can trust that his will includes all that your heart craves. Psalm 62, O oh my people, trust him at all times. Pour your heart to him. Oh, my people, trust him at all times. Pour your heart to him. One of the steps in trusting is to actually tell him what you're trusting him in. Tell him what you're trusting him for. Tell him about your wild dreams. It says, pour your heart to him. Pour your heart to him. Actually see yourself doing that, not just thinking about your dreams and assuming that God's reading your mind, which he probably is, but let's take it a step further and pour out our dreams to him. Father, this is what I see. This is what would be really cool. This is what I think this may look like, and this is a craving inside of me. Talk to him about it. Journal about it. Talk, like, talk out loud. If you were to come in my house in the middle of the day, you would think I was a Looney Tune. I'd pretty much talk out loud. Why? Because that helps me process, I, I'm a bit of an external processor, 
runs in the family. And I have to, I, when I verbalize it, when I get the words out of my mouth, when I'm cooking, Holy Spirit, what do you think about that? And if you speak it out loud, I don't know, there's just something about it. When your ears catch wind of it, it's like, oh yeah, oh yes, oh yeah, soul. Right now, we are asking Holy Spirit. <laughs> Get it out, talk to him. Talk to him. Laying your heart's desire at his feet and knowing that he will steward them. He's the ultimate steward. Excellence is who he is. He'll take your dreams and steward them. If you are struggling to, to know that he's good on your behalf, if you're struggling to know that he's good on your behalf, that you can trust him, I would challenge you to let go of something. How are you going to ever learn trust unless you let go? Like Pastor Tina said, practice. She talked about that on Sunday. Practice. It's about practicing letting go. And I recommend you start small. <laughs> kind of like ripping a Band-Aid off. <laughs> you could go for it, actually, and, you know. If you have a big decision right now, just start making the small ones in accordance with his will. What should I wear? Go on a uh, prophetic drive. This was one of the ways that I taught myself to, or I, and I still do, I try to train my ear to the Lord's voice. And if you go on a prophetic drive and you're not going anywhere and you're not great with directions, you learn his voice real quick. <laughs> left or right, left or right, you would be amazed at, if you want a testimony of this, talk to Tori. She does this all the time and ends up in the craziest of situations and circumstances. <laughs> prophetic drives, if you want, just little things like that, does it matter? No, you're just committing a decision to him, left or right. Start there. Yes. He talks in the word about the soul. He says in the word, in Psalm 63, Oh God, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. I would challenge you, the soul, as Pastor has talked to us about in spirit, soul, and body, fear, dread, and selfishness can come out of the soul. And the scripture says, my soul thirsts, my flesh faints for you. And I would challenge you, if, if sin or disobedience is something that you're, in the past, you were dealing with, I would challenge you that he is the lover of your soul. And he restores your soul, Psalm also says. There is a longing inside of us to be filled with him and his love. And without that intimate presence, the lover of our soul, our soul can run off and not be in alignment with the will of God. 
So Psalms, David is saying, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you. Why? Because he knows, lover, come in. Fill this, this, this gap for me. Come in and fill my soul. Restore my soul so that out of it flows life. He's so good. He's so good. Real quick, some heaven strategies that he put on my heart for you guys. Obviously, there's like the, the basic ones, like reading the word, praying in tongues, rhema, and meditation. All of those apply here. <laughs> Especially rhema, like I said. That one rhema with Pastor Jess where, where she dealt with that, God's taking from me issue, changed everything. So get into that rhema room. But if you're hearing this message and, and you really feel like, oh, I want to trust the Lord and I want to commit to decisions, and some of you have been doing this, and God is, is just rejoicing in us as a house coming together and doing this together. Why? Because fire falls on sacrifice. And collectively, corporately, as we do this thing, revival, fire, more glory, more presence, and don't think for a second that it just relies on their sacrifice and their obedience. You play a role in this thing. As a member of the family and a member of the house, we all got to go in together. We all got to move forward together and be on the same page and ready for the manifest presence of God. We already are seeing it. There's more. There's deep levels. We could go on for 100 years and never tap into the full manifest presence of God because it's an unending river. And where we're going, we all want to be on the same page with this for the joy, for the joy set out before us. So some strategies that I would say I used over the last year to get my victory in this area, and it hasn't been a year of like fluffy decisions that didn't matter to me, okay? <laughs> it's been a year of decisions and like got to grow up decisions, <laughs> big ones. Number one, practice being a friend of God. Constantly aware of him, talking to him, spending time with him, inviting him in, thinking about him, daydreaming about him, making decisions with him. When the natural, when you fall in love with somebody, that's what it looks like. Constantly aware of them, talking to them, spending time with them, inviting them over, thinking about them, daydreaming about them, and then eventually making decisions with them. That's what falling in love looks like. Oh, my soul thirsts. If your soul is thirsty for more of him and for Jesus to be the lover of your soul, to be a laid-down lover of his, practice being his best friend, bringing him into every little thing. About a year ago, I started this practice hourly. That was my thing. Every hour, I want to invite him into something. Set the timer every hour until it became a habit. Now I don't need a timer. He just is my best friend. Married couples, your joy will be full if Jesus is your best friend before your spouse. Never knew how tough that one was going to be. But that is vital. It does not work well when it reverses. 
Jesus has to be your best friend. You're constantly aware of him, talking to him, aware of him. That's how that order works. And start practicing being that close to him. There's been a few times in the last weeks where he walks, he, he'll walk in a room and I literally can't focus on what I'm doing. I was teaching a class and I was talking about ribs. And instead of like a, a song that I intended to come on, just as like a, you know, not a worship song, um, just background music, this worship song came on. And it was like, <laughs> that's, that's, where, that's, where, that's, that's what it's like. My, one of my best friends and I were in a, in a workout class, and the teacher's not a Christian, and she had a playlist going on, and then all of a sudden, a Christian song came on, and both of us are like, Jesus. <laughs> no, none of these other people know it, but Jesus just walked in the room. Everybody, this is Jesus. Everybody's like, what's this song? Like that constant awareness of him. When you focus on something, it becomes manifest around you. And you'll find yourself caught in those situations where you weren't thinking about him and all of a sudden he sweeps you off your feet. That happens in the natural with couples, dating couples. He's just like that. Practice being his friend. Practice finding him in a room. Finding him in a room. One of the things that a silly thing I do is I look for spotlights. I'm like, Holy Spirit, where are the spotlights? in a room, like, wh what are you doing? Where are you? That was one of the things uh, Blake Healy, maybe Eric Johnson, actually, uh, one of the two of them, said, find spotlights. And ever since they said that, just, Holy Spirit, where are you? Where oh, you're in that corner by that tree? What are you doing? James 1, verse 12, for such persons, for such a person loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. Life is you living your wildest dreams. And number two is consider the happenings of heaven. Oftentimes we crave heaven on earth, but not heaven itself. This is another thing that I've had massive breakthrough in in the last few years. I used to be afraid to go to heaven. And I know I'm not the only one. I used to be like, God, I, I like my family. I like my situation. I like my life. I'm good. You can stay up there. Come down here when you want to talk to me. But like heaven, mm, not super sure what that could look like. Are you going to take me away from my family? The stupid things that we think. But then I'd be like, heaven, fall. Wait a minute. I want heaven here to fit into my life, but not heaven itself. We crave heaven, but heaven on earth, but not heaven itself. Let's crave heaven, and then it'll manifest. Because <laughs> what you set your attention on manifests. I would challenge you to think and explore heaven. Again, these are all to build your trust. 
It's nothing about really making decisions right now, but it's just building that trust up. Think, and, think about and explore heaven in your mind's eye. God never intended for his children to live separate from the assistance of his domain. We talk about that all the time. Supernatural assistance. There's an alternative reality in heaven. There's an all-knowing in heaven that exists. And, and we will begin to make Emma in pre-service prayer was like flowing with this so prophetically. You begin to see from a higher perspective. You said, what a beautiful view in prayer. What a beautiful view when you go and explore heaven in your mind the alternative reality becomes more real to you than the things of earth. And it's like, wow, what a beautiful view. And then when you're making decisions and you're exploring heaven, you're given heaven's vantage point and heaven's perspective. And what a beautiful view. Ten years from the road, God, I see this. What a beautiful view. He's so good like that, that he would allow us. What kind of religion has that? Where we could go up and hang out with him and see from his perspective and be given the eyes of heaven for our circumstances and our situations. It's all about him. It's all about him. And if you come into the presence of God and you ever, like guys, I seriously, I wish I was just talking about peace right now, but this is, this is what it is. If you come into the house of God and you feel convicted, and then the next time, and you deal with it at the altar, thank you, Jesus, I give that to you, surrender, fire, fall. And then the next time, you, you, you backslid again, and you're convicted again, and then you're convicted again, and then you're convicted again. There's that song that we're singing right now that says, you love me as you find me. That is 100% true. Nothing will separate you from the love of God. Nothing, 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 nothing will separate you. You can keep making mistakes over and over and over and over and over again, and he's still going to come over to you and be right beside you. He loves you as he finds you. He loves you as he finds you. There's another verse that says, Your love's too good to leave me here. So he loves you as he finds you, and then he comes over to you and he says, up a do. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. Get on up. No need to keep repeating that same old, same old. Come on up. Come on up. I'm telling you, he, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. His grace is enough for you. He's going to come and he's going to sit beside you. But I don't have kids, but I imagine if I had kids and they fell over, I wouldn't just get down and be like. I'm going to teach him to walk. So he's saying, my love is so good. I'm coming to get you. And I'm coming to find you. And I'm with you. And now give me your hand. Let's go. We're going to get your wildest dreams. Come on. Come on, you can do this. You got this. You got this. I already paid for sin. That has nothing on you. You have the mind of Christ. You have Jesus in you. The, the literal heaven on earth manifests Jesus in you there to help you make decisions. He's right there and he loves you. He loves you and he's coming and he's saying, come on up. Come on up. 
Come on up to the vantage point of heaven. Come on up. Because here's the reality. It's all about him and his glory. Again, as we take that stance, your life will be full of joy. Full, full, full of joy. Giddy joy. Wildest dreams. But let me tell you, the, the healthiest place for you is him as the center. Him him getting the glory him all about him all about you jesus what do you want jesus because i'm in love with you i'm in love with you and i i, I literally you're all i care about so what do you want he's he's so good you're hungry you're hungry for more so you let him do a work in you <laughs> And he has more for you. He has more for you. Beyond your wildest dreams. Beyond, literally, um, take this as, as a, a tool to activate in this journey this year. Beyond your wildest dreams. And I would challenge you that that is going to look like obedience to him and his call, what he says. He knows you, and you can trust him. You can trust him. Just close your eyes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just hold your hands out in front of you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You're worth it, Father. We will be laid down lovers. We will be laid down lovers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just picture with your eyes closed and your hands held out in front of you, laying something before him. through what she walked me through. I 
feel like there's breakthrough here for you. Separate me from every lie my past has told me about you. I know you are perfect in all of your ways. You love me and you want the best for me. And I choose to bind that truth to my heart. Say, Jesus, if I have been through any traumas in my past where I misunderstood your direction in my life and I thought you were trying to take something away from me, Jesus, I invite you to come and stand in between me and those traumas. I choose to separate those experiences from my life. Say, Lord, I ask you to heal everything that was broken, crushed, or damaged in any way during those experiences. I command any demonic spirit that entered my life through those moments to leave me now. Go to that place Jesus prepared and never return. Say, I choose to close any gates that were open to my life during those memories. I pray all consequences of those traumas be healed right now in Jesus' name. Every lying perspective, I declare healing over those thoughts. In the name of Jesus, I choose to separate myself from a spirit of pride. And I attach myself to a spirit of humility. Say, Jesus, heal every memory and remove all the pain. I command all fear, all mistrust, to leave me now in Jesus name say Jesus thank you for this healing from this moment forward I declare my freedom and I will live out of this freedom and the blessing it creates for the rest of my life from this moment forward I will see my future as if the pain of that experience never existed and I will see my life past, present, and future through the eyes of the love of my Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. 
Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him, but been far from him. We wanna give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day and help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.